0: Good morning, and welcome to episode 91 of Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus daily podcast. In New York, New York, I am Ben Lindbergh, and in Long Beach, California, joining me from the Honda Fit uh, is Sam Miller. Hello, Sam. Hi, Ben. So today is my day to bring the topic, and you exerted some pressure earlier on me. I suggested. You tried to tamper with the process of uh, picking podcast topics, and I caved, and uh, I have brought the topic that you strong-armed me (laughs) into into bringing, (laughs) so we are going to talk about uh, B.J. Upton signing with the Braves.
1: Oh, good, because I saw something on this on Twitter, I saw that something had happened with B.J. but I didn't see any of the actual news, so I look forward to hearing (laughs)
0: you. You set me up. Uh, so yeah, there was a development in that he signed with Atlanta, whom he had been connected to pretty much all off season. and we heard that he was their top target, and it made sense for him to be their top target, probably, and they acquired the target, uh, for, what was, what were the terms? Five years, 75?
1: That's exactly right. Well, that's exactly what was reported.
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, was there anything in particular that you wanted to start off by talking about? What did you think of it? Uh, it seems just about right to me. Uh, I, I don't know that it's an incredible bargain, and I don't think it's an overpay. It seems like about what what BJ Upton should be worth, I think. I'm okay with it. Uh-huh. Um, so that's not interesting <laughs> at all. <laughs> Um, I uh,
1: So there are a few things about this deal that are interesting to me um, because of the kind of um, uncertainty that they introduce. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah, Upton in uh, is interesting. I'll,
1: I'll just go through the three of them uh, one at a time. Um, one is that there... Uh, there actually is quite a wide range of opinion about what BJ Upton has has actually done mm-hmm. um, there's often a, a wide range of opinion about what players are going to do um, but in fact um, there I, I would say that BJ Upton um, has a much wider spread of um, wins above metrics um, over the past few years than most players and so uh, there it actually has kind of created these like sort of two alternate worlds that uh that i was able to kind of pick up on on my twitter feed where if you are going by fan graphs metrics um bj upton is easily worth 15 million dollars a year he's been worth 14 wins over the last four years so that's three and a half wins a year so you'd be paying like um like four million dollars a win which is a a bargain Mm -hmm. if he maintained that um Whereas if you go to Baseball Reference, he's worth half that. He's actually the same, the same, you know, the same guy. Is it, depending on where you look, is is half as good. And so if you are looking at those metrics, you're seeing a guy who has been worth less than two wins a year through his his you know chronological peak, theoretically.
0: And, and, and I guess BP has kind of split the difference.
1: He has split the difference. It's at nine point eight, and so that's satisfying. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, so it's interesting to see, I mean, I, I, think we probably all see this these days where, uh, you know, like, uh, like in a political discussion, uh, people on the right and people on the left, uh, have kind of different realities that they're arguing from. And you could see this a little bit in a sort of smaller way today with BJ Upton. Um, and, um, so that actually though leads nicely into the second thing, which is that 9.8 wins, Um, Above replacement player, warp uh, would be two and a half wins a year, and it's actually the lowest of the seven. The top seven free agent outfielders this year, uh, he by by quite a bit. Um, He actually has the lowest. He had the lowest of the seven in two thousand twelve, and the lowest of the seven in eleven and twelve combined, and in the three years combined and in the four years combined. So whatever time period you think is relevant, Mm. he's of the seven, Uh, and yet he's going to end up with the second, I would say, the second highest contract, and that felt weird to me, and I'm not sure that I like it. Uh, I think that um, the the reasons are kind of obvious. One is that Upton has a lot of perceived upside, um, both as a player who has shown flashes of of brilliance, and also because um, he's younger than everybody else but it uh, it kind of I told Jason um, Vochakovski that I think maybe I told Ian that um, it sort of feels like people are treating him almost like he's 24 and that there's that there's definitely growth in his years mm-hmm. but he's 28 and he's been playing Major League Baseball for um, mm-hmm. seven you know basically seven full seasons um, and I don't know that it's right to assume that. And I think that's a, um, an interesting question of how much age matters in these cases. I doubt that gets this deal if he's 30. Mm Um, and, um, and I don't know, that's, that's kind of, uh, to me because age is suggestive, but it's, it's not, I mean, it's not as we've talked about, it's not a, a, a necessarily a massive difference in the short term. Um, and, The third thing is uh, Jason Parks um, pointed out that you know uh, in in reference to somebody mentioning that he's a change of scenery guy that um, not all players are easy to motivate all the time and that um, this is maybe especially hard when you're playing in front of minor league attendance figures and the idea being that um, you know there's a there's there's reason to suggest that maybe Dinn hasn't uh, been inspired to. Um, to play at his peak level. And that is an interesting idea because in a, on the one hand, it's it best that there's there and you can be optimistic. On the other, if I were signing a guy for five years, I think that it might be most troubling that there's motivation factors and that a guy who's hard to motivate might actually be hard to motivate everywhere and that that might actually be a big, um, a big red flag. Mm-hmm. So things are uh, interesting because they make it easy to argue on either side of the deal, and I'm not sure where I fall on any of them. I will note that, um, Pocota, before 2012, I don't, I haven't, we don't, I haven't seen the updated 10 year forecast, but before 2012, Pakota projected, um, uh, I've, th- I've blanked. I think it's about 11 warp, uh, for, yeah, it's 11 warp for. 2013 14 15 16 17 so the five years in this deal mm-hmm. presumably this might go down slightly because he actually underperformed um Pekoda's 2012 projection mm-hmm. 10 or 11 you're basically talking about paying 7 million to win which is steep in this market even if there's inflation it's steep in this market that's not to say that it's necessarily a bad move atlanta had a need maybe they didn't think pagan was gonna hit the market if Maybe they have a feeling that the Giants are close with him or something like that. Uh, certainly, you could see uh, wanting to stay away from Josh Hamilton, and there seems to be uh, some strange uh, like, sense that there's no chance that they were ever going to sign Michael Bourne mm-hmm. for some reason. It's never quite clear on. So, you know, you need a center fielder. Upton fits their needs. But, I don't know, it all just feels odd to me that the guy who has been the seventh best of the seven is going to get paid... The second most of the seven.
0: Uh, yeah, it surprises me to hear that stat. I wouldn't have guessed that. Um, he's kind of an interesting mix of overrated and underrated. By I, I don't know whether it's the same people are somehow doing both at the same time, or it's just two different camps. But there is the sense that he that we haven't seen his best yet, or that at least. We haven't seen it sustained yet. Maybe we saw it in 2007 briefly and That it will come back at some point point. Uh, and that there's also the I guess competing sense that he is overrated because of Those tools and that he hasn't been all that good um, I mean, I guess depending on what Stat you look at, as you say, and, and I guess, I mean, I mean the main difference between those win value stats is, I assume, his defense, right? Ours basically says he is an average center fielder. Uh, uh, it,
1: defense is a big part of it, but it surprisingly, the difference shows up in his offense and his base as well, which is odd because uh, those don't usually vary all that much from metric to metric, and in Upton's case, they really do.
0: And it's also hard to say what he is right now because he has just kind of morphed into a different player or or different players over the last several years. Uh, I mean, when he was 22, he was great, and then he didn't get. He really hasn't gotten back to that point at all yet. And of course, he had the shoulder injury, which seemed to hurt his power dramatically for a couple years. Last year, he had a career high home run total but did it with a lot more aggressiveness so that he actually had an on-base percentage under 300, whereas before he had been uh, a better than than league average guy. And early on, he was a a very good on-base guy. Um, So it's hard to say whether, I I mean, if his recent trend towards becoming more aggressive were to continue unchecked, then you could see it becoming a big problem a couple years from now. Um, but it's probably not really safe to extrapolate from that. I know Keith Law mentioned that he thinks, uh, that Upton was trying to hit home runs to increase his value for, for free agency. Uh, in which case, I guess maybe that backfired unless people were kind of blinded by the home run total and didn't notice the other things. Um, but I like it in that The Braves had a hole and didn't seem to have a a great uh, replacement coming from within the farm system anytime soon. And he had been mentioned as someone the Phillies were going after, so it never hurts to uh, not let a player go to a division rival, though I probably wouldn't ever make a move for that reason. Well, a minor move, maybe. Um, But overall, I think... If you just kind of take the middle and just assume, I guess just because you can't tell whether he is the guy he used to be or the guy he is right now, if you take the middle estimate there and you take the middle estimate between the different competing win value metrics, then you kind of end up with what they paid him, I think, basically. So I don't know whether the other stuff is a distraction in that We'd just be better off going with sort of a standard aging curve and and ignoring all the other information about Upton, which might be misleading in that it's hard to say what he will be as soon as next year, let alone five years from now. But when I looked at uh, Adam Jones's extension, which I guess was for a similar amount, if you look at the, the same age seasons, uh, I found that... Really, the the decline, the concern with Jones was that he didn't walk much. Um, And I guess uh, I looked and found that basically the, the age at which that would be expected to become a big problem was also the age at which the contract ended, which is, I suppose, the same age as Upton's contract end. So I'm not that concerned about a contract that takes him through only his first couple of years of his thirties. It doesn't seem that dangerous to me.
1: Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. That it's interesting because um, Upton has the most perceived upside of all the, the free agents on the market, except for, um, you know, maybe Josh Hamilton, but somebody uh, argued to me that, um, that he got paid because he has the least downside that he's the least likely to fall off a cliff. Hmm. Um, if you accept that, if you accept that he has the least downside and the most upside, uh, and he makes a lot of sense. And I guess that's what you pay for with age, uh, by a 28 year old. That's that's why you sign that age, uh, play. Um, and, uh, it's what allows you to project a little bit more. So BJ Upton has never, uh, received a single MVP vote, uh, in the next five years, <laughs>
0: Um, you cut out a little bit there. What was your question?
1: Uh, in the next five years, will he receive an MVP vote, and how high will he finish if he does?
0: Uh, I well, there's always the the sort of crazy vote that comes in now and then for a player who doesn't really deserve it, and you can't really predict that. Um, so I I would say so he hasn't he hasn't gotten a single even like a tenth place vote.
1: He has. Three postseason teams and another one that, uh, well, at least one more that came very close. Mm -hmm. And not even one uh, Jeremy Affelt type.
0: (laughs) Right. Um, uh, I guess I would say that if he hasn't gotten one so far, he will continue not to get one. Because I don't really expect him to be better than he has been. But it certainly wouldn't surprise me.
1: Do you think that there's ever been a player who got $75 million?
0: <laughs> and has never gotten an MVP, but that is a topic that you should research.
1: Or an all-star uh, appearance. None oh. of the three. Oh. No, nothing. And of course... Uh, Lacking. Not one piece of... Although that's not quite as damning, especially for a player who does a little bit of everything as he does.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, if he is underrated, it's not necessarily by the people who are paid to evaluate baseball players um, if if he's underrated it might be by the fans and it might be by the writers, certain writers uh, but I think this contract alone seems to indicate that his skills are are valued pretty appropriately by the marketplace or at least by one general manager um, so I guess the the lack of black ink stuff hasn't hasn't really, clouded most people's perception of him in the game at least alright Yeah. well
1: I've talked that that issue through
0: mm-hmm. okay uh, do you have any theories about the next big free agent who will sign and force us to do a show about his signing Nope. okay well we will probably have a bunch of them next week and we should probably figure out what to do about next week because I will be in Nashville but I guess we can do shows from there Um, Okay, so we're done with episode 91, and we will be back with one more show this week tomorrow.